Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Today we're going to be taking a look at what happens on the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the day of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we are again going to be looking at 2 Peter chapter 3. First and 2 Peter are loaded with prophetic teaching. Chapter 3 of 2 Peter is a gold mine. So let's start with 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 7, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 10 to keep our theme today. 2 Peter 3, 7. By the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist have been stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Now verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be kindled and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But according to his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. There's a couple of repetitions here. Actually, there's three repetitions that we need to pay attention to. First is, in verse 10, it introduces this topic, the day of the Lord, and then in verse 12, it says the day of God. And when Second Peter says the day of the Lord will come like a thief, well, where did he hear that from? Jesus himself warned that he would come like a thief. The day of the Lord, the day of God, two ways of saying the same thing, and describing the sudden, unexpected second coming of Christ. That's the day of the second coming. Okay, that's the first repetition there. Second repetition, if you notice in verse 10, it says the elements will be dissolved with fire. Fire is mentioned here. Fire was mentioned in verse 7, and it says in the end of verse 10, that the works that are upon the earth will be burned up. So again, the idea of fire. Verse 11, seeing all these things are thus to be dissolved. This is the second time dissolved is mentioned. And then in verse 12, he says, the heavens will be kindled, that's burned, and dissolved. That's a third time dissolved is mentioned, and the elements will melt with fire. This is the fourth time that fire or burning up is mentioned. What is being described here? I'm hoping in the next few minutes we might expand your minds and hearts view of the almighty power of God. 
this word dissolved, I'll go ahead. I don't like to say a whole lot of Greek words. Most people don't know Greek, but you know, your first verb that you learn in Greek 101, New Testament Greek, you start with the verb luo. In English, this would be L-U, long O. And it simply means to release or untie. And it would be an antonym of, of binding something together. So something's bound. And if you want to release it, do the opposite, it's luo. And luo is mentioned three times here. And scholars point that this is most likely a reference to a prophecy back in Isaiah 34.4. If you look at the Septuagint, which was the Greek in the Old Testament, and that's real nice because then you can compare the Greek Old Testament with the Greek in the New Testament. It's apples and apples. It says, and I'm going to translate in English, all the powers of the heavens shall be melted and the sky shall be rolled up like a scroll. So luo, 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 dissolved, 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 released, unbound, unbound. What, what is taking place? Okay, hang on. I'm going to give you some very important scriptures, and if you're not driving, it might be really wise to grab a pencil. The first is Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17, but I'm going to start with verse 16 to give it a good context. Colossians 1:16. For in him, we're talking about Jesus, all things were created. All things were created in heaven and on earth. I know this doesn't jive with Darwinian evolution, but it's saying all things were created in him in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions, principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And now verse 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If you put Colossians 1.17 with the triple repetition of dissolved or luo in 2 Peter 3, what's going on? In him, all things, everything created in the universe, heavens and on earth, seen and unseen, is being held together by the power of the creator. And I realize you probably weren't taught this in a science or physics class, and you certainly weren't taught it in modern theology classes because a lot of very smart people think God can only do things that we can do through our technology. That's not the case. In him, all things hold together. And at the judgment day, what does he do? He lets it go. It's that simple. Now, are you just pulling something out of the, you know, uh, an obscure verse here talking about that even the atomic structure of the universe could be held together actively by the power of God? That's exactly what I'm saying. Here is Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 again, talking about the power of God, upholding the universe by the word of his power. That's omnipotence, upholding the universe by the word of his power. This is from the Old Testament, Sirach 
and Syrox only found in the Septuagint, the one that St. Paul used to evangelize the Roman Empire, Syrox 43 and verse 26, by his word, all things hold together. And then we come back to 2 Peter 3, verse 5. They deliberately ignore this fact that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago. How did they exist? And God said, and God said, and God said, and omnipotence took place. Okay? And verse 7, 2 Peter 3, by the same word that created the universe, the heavens and earth that now exist have been stored up for fire on the day of judgment. All that Jesus has to do, Jesus, the living word of God, is to cease upholding the universe by the word of his power and allow every atom in the universe to be luoed, released, unbound in a universal atomic explosion billions of times stronger than any man-made bomb. And then we go to 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. This is why Jesus and Peter wants to be in active remembrance of this, not some dusty fact, but our worldview and our lifestyles to be geared around this. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Now, I believe verse 10 could be the greatest understatement, perhaps in the Bible, maybe the greatest understatement of all time, when it says loud noise. Now, we all know that in an atomic explosion, for instance, uh, great power is released, there's the fireball, and obviously a big boom. And this word in the original language, it's a loud rushing noise. It's like uh, a noise that travels so fast, be like an ultimate sonic boom. And that happens when something travels faster than the speed of sound. You know, um, physicists tell us that the universe began with a big bang. There's no proof of that because nobody was here to observe that, to record that, and scientifically prove that. It's a hypothesis. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Maybe that's what God meant when he said, and God said. I personally question it, but I'll tell you what the real big bang is, is at the second coming. That is going to be the biggest bang there ever was when the very atomic structure of the world is going to be released at the atomic level. Now, this uh, there's a part B to this uh, in Luke 21, and we're going to see that God has a plan, and he is going to kind of like wipe the slate clean, but it's not going to all go away forever. It's going to come back and be renewed, restored in a way that's so glorious, and that's why St. Peter talks about 
there's a promise that we wait for a new heavens and a new earth. I want to uh, tell you about some very special news before we say goodbye today. Uh, the Catholic Radio Association here in South Carolina has come up with a new app that's available on your Apple or Android phones and tablets. It's called the Mediatrics app, M-E-D-I-A-T-R-I-X, the Mediatrics app. Now, a lot of you have written me that say, my companion broadcast Faith and Family. Say so you were listening to Faith and Family, and then you stumbled upon Luke 21. You really like Luke 21. Or some of you found Luke 21, you're interested in biblical prophecy, and you stumbled on faith and family. Say, hey, you know, I like that too. And now, rather than having to click around and jump around to find both of these podcasts, both faith and family and Luke 21 are in one place, that Mediatrics app. And I just so happen to have a course on the early church fathers that's also on this app. And besides that, there's all kinds of other things on this app. For instance, my uh, local friend and priest, Father Dwight Longenecker, is on there. There's family finances on there. There's a live feed from Catholic Radio on there. It's kind of like one-stop shop for Catholics, and you don't have to jump around different apps and all this type of thing. It's right there. I'm very grateful for this. So please download the Mediatrics app wherever you get your apps and tell your friends about it. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 306 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.